Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we are going to be discussing sketches from Saturday Night Live and all that. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing, at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me, as always, it's Julian Morgan, and our two other co-hosts today are Layla Dreesey and Sean Robinson. Today, as a guest, first, my name is Andy Weld, and today, as a guest, we have Emilita. Emilita, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Doing well. How uh, is your day going? Uh, real good, real lazy, just like I like my Sundays, so very. I almost chose that sketch. Just to get right yeah, into it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So a, a classic, to be sure. So good. Yes, yes. No, but it's going quite well, yeah. How are you awesome. guys? Good, I think. Good all around, it nice. seems. So many hosts. So, so many, many hosts. A lot of hosts. Yeah. A lot okay. of hosts. Lots of uh, uh, many <laughs> perspectives. Lots of voices. That's what yeah. we're going for. Okay, great. Very confusing. Personalities is what my <laughs> CEO says. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Emilita, can you tell us about your background in comedy and the comedic stuff that you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been doing improv uh, since 2013, but I've been doing, um, like writing songs since I was a little kid. And then about two years ago, they kind of collided into writing original comedic songs and sort of improvising that into a stage show. Yeah. So for the past few years, I've just been like going to festivals and really wherever they'll have me. Um, and performing this, uh, like pop star diva character that I do, um, where it's basically a mini pop concert every time I get on stage, ideally, and trying to do some music videos right now this summer um, and like doing the pop star thing with a comedic bent to it, hopefully. I always say hopefully. I don't it's know who's laughing. for you. It's working. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now you do musical improv as well, right? Outside of the singing? That's true, yes. I'm also on a um, house team at The Magnet in New York City. Uh, they okay. have t- Tuesday Night Musical Megawatt, which is their like house musical night. And I just started on a team there about five months ago, and it has been such a beautiful joy and blast to be able to perform improv in New York once a week is really exciting. <laughs> Now, do you play any instruments with that, or are you just singing? For the musical improv, we have a band with us, oh, which wow. is so, it feels so, like, cool and professional, <laughs> like, to be like, and here's our band that plays. We have amazing instrumentalists who improvise along with us, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and the musical director, Frank Spitznagel, is, like, really big in the musical improv scene and kind of set the tone for musical improv in New York, and so he leads the band and we get people in there playing bass and drums and sometimes a saxophone if we can. Um, and Just they- bass and drums and saxophone? Is that the only instruments you need? Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's all the basics. Yeah, it, 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 that sounds amazing. It's a rhythm though. section. Like, to yeah, get all like, the yeah. recordings it's together sexy, for improv is amazing. Sound. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Did I not say that it's very sexual? Very <laughs> oh, sexual. I am in. Everything takes place on a rainy New York night. <laughs> it's all film noir. <laughs> uh, so, like, so like when, when, when you're performing with, uh, with, with the band, do, do they have to, like, kind of know you or, like, know your style or something like that? Because, like, musical improv has always, like, been a huge like mystery to me i love it i whenever it's done well it's amazing it's like i always wonder like does the band know 
what you're going to do or like, like or have a sense of what you're going to do? No, we use song structures a lot in New York, which I have recently learned isn't necessarily a thing that's used everywhere. So we kind of have the common language of being like, oh, if I do this and this, then the song, the rest of the song structurally is going to go like this, which is very helpful to kind of get on the same page. But honestly, it's a lot of kind of improvising back and forth with them as well. Like if they are kind of setting a tone of like a genre and you step into that genre more and they up the ante, like it just kind of, it's improvising with just in a different way, basically, you know? And luckily I don't have to know how to play the instruments that well. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds um, like one of those movies where it's like, hey, Frank, start an A minor and follow me because we're going places. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's exactly that, except Frank is always the one who starts because he's in charge. <laughs> well, usually like when I see it happening, like the characters will kind of, they'll set the scene and it's like, okay, this is either comical or maybe it's a mystery or maybe it's really sad. And then the musicians will kind of pick up and do like a couple tones into it. And then the actors like follow that tone and they all like connect on like, well, this, we're going to go after this attitude or this blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Kind of yeah. And a, and a lot of it is like, you have to, we're told we have to like earn the song in the sense that the music's going to come in at like the emotional height, like the top emotional height that you can get to without music. And like, mm -hmm. you know, because that's the point of a musical is like, there's so much emotion going on that you just have to sing and dance. <laughs> um, so like, if someone goes out there and is just kind of having a milk toast scene about like, I don't know, what do you guys want to do? If it keeps going like that, it's going to take a while for you to get your music. But if you go yeah. out and you're like, I want to bring shoes to every dog in New York City, like you'll get like, a song. Yes. Empowering. Is New York City a character in your musical life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, why don't we get to our first sketch today? Uh, can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a sketch from the women of SNL about three years ago. This like new, this new slate of women, A.D. Bryant, Cecily Strong, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones are the main four in it. And then uh, the host Dakota Fanning uh, is also in it. It's a digital short um, and it's about women like standing up for themselves and how good that feels, even if it's a really mundane situation. And the kind of the gist. Sorry, of, isn't it Dakota Johnson? Did I say that? Dak it's I, Dak Dakota you're Fanning. You're so right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm so proud of myself for just knowing who this is and not looking at <laughs> <laughs> that's well, it. Well, go get your cat. It's Dakota you got right. That's a, that's an odd name. <laughs> We're on a first name basis, so yeah, I never. Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry I cut you off. Please continue. No, no. Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. So it's Aidy <laughs> Bryant, Cecily Strong, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, and host Dakota Johnson. Yes. Um, which maybe explains why I was so confused when I watched the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so ridiculous. And it's such a, I, it's one of my favorite type of things where like, it's a very um, normal everyday thing that's kind of taken to heart and, and really like pushed to the limit emotionally. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, here's a clip from Say What You Want to Say from SNL. I just did the check and we're $4 short. Did everyone put in enough? Nathan didn't, because he's being cheap and he always does this. Say what you want to say and let the words fall Honestly, I want to see you be brave. Hey. 
Hey. Hey. You want to split this cookie with me? Uh, no. I want you to give me the whole thing. Say what you want to say. All right, Emilita, why did you bring that sketch to us today? Well, first of all, it's... I love that song. <laughs> like, it's a great song. Really? Sarah Bareilles, right? <laughs> yeah. That's Sarah Bareilles Brave. Um, like when that song came out, it just, I was like, okay, this song's going to change my life. I decided it was going to change my life. <laughs> and just would like, you know, play it walking around New York being like, get out of my way. I'm crossing the street. And like, like somebody spit I really out. did play it on the way in to quit my job once, um, oh my which is really helpful. And I also, I just... I love so much. It's like structurally almost a perfect sketch. You know, everything can be changed and adjusted, but like the way that they lay out the beats and the heightening and then kind of changing things in little ways when they need to, to kind of keep you hanging on. And then they come in with the full song just in time when you're like, okay, I'm going to lose it if I don't hear the rest of this song. Um, (laughs) And it just has, and it has two buttons, which to me is, insane because so many sketches just don't have any buttons like i just i think it's real good (laughs) hey i i got you let's let's talk about the song for a second there so is the song a punchline every time some of the time is it not a punchline what do you think i think it is it is the punchline um and the way that it kind of continues to be the punchline is they change up the rhythm of it so even though you know it's coming it's still they change it just enough right when you need it to be changed that it still feels like the punchline. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm back with you. Like, I think the Leslie Jones um, part is the best example of that where – so they've had it, I think, twice before. So this is the third one, obviously. You change yeah. it. And there's just, like, a couple extra beats before it comes mm-hmm. in this time. And so there's this anticipatory, like, excitement. You're like, I know what the punchline is. I know it's going to be <laughs> funny. <laughs> but where is it? <laughs> And and they do that, you know, throughout the rest of the sketch. So I I think, yeah, punchline in the sense that you're not making fun of the song, but like it's it's the end of each beat. It's like, ah, here we are again. That Leslie Jones part, uh, too, is is what blew my mind because I was like, (laughs) but because uh, the the song for me, the the song is the joke, but like also – it's really important to find like different ways to like 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 once the audience knows what the joke is, and like you said, like you're just waiting for it. It's important for writers to like kind of stay ahead of the audience and like do things in more interesting ways. Right. And that Leslie Jones part, I was just like, boom, yeah, I was like, that's amazing. And you're right; it is the rhythm that I think helps also make it a, a punchline when when it stops kind of functioning as well as the punchline itself. So there's how it becomes um, fewer lines are necessary to trigger it. Yep. Or there's the false start with Dakota Johnson where it starts and it's, wait a minute, we have to do this a second time. And then it happens again and actually it's able to mm-hmm. kind of play out to completion. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I also, I think it's interesting because they definitely could have gone the way with this sketch of like probably adding a lot more shorter and shorter little like someone bitching out, say what, you know, and like Mm -hmm. kind of hitting it harder and increasing the rhythm. And I was thinking about it last night and I think it actually works better that they don't do that. And they kind of like use some restraint that I think SNL often doesn't have. Yeah. Um, or yeah. And like a lot of comedians don't have. Like I probably, sure. if I was editing that, I would have been like, no, more, more. But it makes it like rewatchable because it's not like overly repeated the first time you watch it. You're like, oh, I just want to see that build up again. That was so fun. Or like the only other way, if you're going to increase the speed, then you have to like halt it really fast at the end. 
and that person would have to say something like really like horrible, and you'd be like, <laughs> "No, you don't. You can't say that." Right. Well, yeah. And that's yeah. the only other way to like really. Or end like it. back to the Dakota Johnson one, it could have been that the Vanessa Bayer character, Bayer character, cuts off Dakota Johnson to do her own moment of. We've been working together for several years, and I've told you my name several times, and it pisses me off and it offends me that you don't know my name. And then she Same. takes away the moment yeah. for herself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But it ends on a much more empowering, like, group. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's like, no conflict ending. between, no conflict well, other than between um, uh, Beck Bennett and everyone. <laughs> well, Beck Bennett and everyone, but also um, the- Kay McKinnon and Sashir Zamata when she yells at her in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I felt like that was so pure, though, because, you know, like, it was mean, yeah. but everyone knows those moments where you're like, come on, yeah. we both Please know what's happening. <laughs> so this is basically a list sketch. Yeah. Um, and so, like, one way to, like, kind of, like, really drive home with this sketch is to, like, you know, kind of break it up and, like, take a break from the game for a second and then just, like, hammer it home at the end. But mm. this one kind of – this one, like, it's pretty long for what SNL normally does. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Like, 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 what do you think about the length of it? I think it's pretty perfect. I think that the – when they brought the rest of the song in that really needed to happen, it was right at the point where I was like, okay, I get it, I get it, let's go. Um, but also it's nice to kind of see, like I think they they handle the pacing of it very well because like going to the kind of faster things, but then going to that moment with A.D. Bryant where she's like, you know, I don't know what those things are and I don't think I care. And like <laughs> that like short little dance she does is just, it's so... Um, Delicious and juicy. It's so it's so just like I think on the nose. The only only thing I would change in terms of like length is I would have probably extended the end a little bit so, to actually fit the song better. But that's maybe you love the nitpicky. song, right? The dance. <laughs> yeah, cause, well, because it they you can hear where they edited it, and that drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I really liked in this sketch is so you have those first three beats of women standing up to either uncomfortable situations or like small injustices like um it's like women's empowerment the restaurant. Yeah. exactly yeah. and then it's these women being jerks and that's what i really enjoyed because i i thought that really improves this not improves the sketch it just takes it heightens the sketch as you noted earlier it, it heightens so well but the part i laughed the loudest at and the hardest at and i've left a couple of times I've watched this is Cecily and, Strong yeah. just taking the cookie, <laughs> yeah, um, into her mouth, and just like being straight up mean about it. And I like that it doesn't, you know, I don't think it undermines at all the kind of like empowerment thing about it. It just like brings a nice like silly stance to that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, th- I thought I did though. Like I like for me it was two different sketches. Like it was like the the first half was women's empowerment, and the second half was just like you know. Basically, but, like uh, like a, a sketch that any fucking guy would write. But do you need? But I doesn't the, the first part sets up the second part, right? Because the second part, if it was just like people being jerks, then it's people being it's like if it's just women being jerks, then it's women being jerks. But in the context of the setup you have beforehand, you see how it's this empowering idea that's just being turned a little bit. Yeah, it would carry I mean, a different tone. Like if you. The, the jerk aspect kind of brings a set of silliness to the women's empowerment half, whereas if it were just the jerk half, you'd be just openly mocking empowerment. Right, and now right. that the three men have spoken about women's empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, well, lady. thank you for um, noticing that. I was going to ask you, Emily, if you think the women are being jerks at all. Um, uh, I 
uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't think, see jerkiness. Though. I don't I see. see like, I don't taking see the whole I cookie, see, though? I see okay. selfishness I see, in, like, an empowering way. Exactly, like, exactly. I see the natural progression of, like, okay, I'm just being honest with myself about how I feel. And, like, okay. you know, uh, yeah. I don't think anyone, if we're going to get into, like, you know, it's a sketch. It's not telling us how to actually act. I <laughs> see it more as like a fantasy of, you know, where we could go. And it's like, oh my God, like, yeah, I could say that I don't want to hang out with this person. I could also be like, no, fuck you. I want that whole cookie. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just kind of a spectrum of the things that like, you know, you want to say, and they put it in, they put it in an order that like, kind of, you know, I can understand where that's coming from. Like, it seems more Jerky, jerky um, but, it's not but really. I don't mean. Yeah, it's not, not mean. It's just like, down. oh, these are more like things that I would really like to express. The, yeah, honest, the real. Only <laughs> the only exception I would say would be Dakota Johnson. Not listening. Not listening. That really that part really bothers me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's being kind of just like a bitch. But like yeah. at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, you sometimes let's people use are the general neutral jerk like we were using, <laughs> okay. Layla. Uh, well, like Layla. the one we're don't using. Mans- Listen, don't mansplain non-gender terms to Layla, okay? <laughs> no, but let I, her be honest about her own voca- use of vocabulary. <laughs> okay, she was being kind of rude and mean. Yeah, she wasn't and I, I but just, I think she could have. They could have written that in such a way that it was like. You know, I've done that before where I'm like, oh, my God, what is your name? And then someone tells me and I'm like, I was literally just so excited that I asked your name. And now you're telling me that I wasn't listening. (laughs) So I I had the confidence to do the one thing and then I (laughs) was high on that. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I think that was a missed opportunity to be like, oh, I was so excited for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I have this uh, going back to the cookie thing. I have this thing where I always give the person I'm with a bigger piece of whatever Mm. we're sharing. Mm. And so like with my boyfriend, he's like, you don't always have to do this. And I'm like, why do I do this? I don't even know where it comes from. So you're supposed to do it one person divides and one person picks. Emilita, what's your theory? But whoever just said, yeah, one person divides and one person chooses, that's the correct way to do it. Um, I, For me, at least, I'm always like, oh, I'm supposed to be like a small waif who doesn't eat anything. Right. Like, here, you, t- I couldn't possibly handle the bigger half of this. Oh, please take it. <laughs> no, in reality, I'm like, my hands are quivering yeah. just holding it. Uh, <laughs> it's so large, this cookie. Um, it's so weighty. So, but I have, I have seen the sketch before, and I, I just watched it again, and I it does leave you feeling like, yes, I can do anything I want to. Yeah. And I think of all the time that I spend just like self-flagellating on like, oh, what if I offended this person? Or what if I did that? And what if I did this? So it's really nice to watch this and know that other women feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, this is like a big, really, really big thing for me. And, you know, we don't have to, we won't get into this. I'll say that. But like, I'm very big on kind of like self-help and like, um, learning about yourself and everything. And so it was, it's kind of like a beautiful culmination of like coming out of your twenties a little bit to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I identify a lot with in my stuff as well. So it just, it like really hits me in the right place. Yeah. I can see that with like all the musical bits of your, your work too. Yeah. It's like that combination. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that song is just like your favorite song. So, and, and the song being so empowering do you think this sketch would have worked if they'd used either like just a song that they'd work like they they chose a popular pop song to do this with? Would this have worked with some other kind of song or is that kind of underpinning of that song critical to the sketch? I have to imagine they thought of the sketch because of the song. 
Yeah, that's what I would yeah. think too. I, I, I want to say the song was out for a while, like 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 yeah. maybe a couple of years before the sketch aired. It came out at the same time. I it, it came out maybe 2012. The song because it was the almost the exact same time as a similar song, Roar, Roar. which has like the Katie same. Or, um, like the or same um, Samantha B did something ever. similar pretty recently with Fight Song, where it was her like. Recovering from the 2016 election, every time she gets a reminder of how bad she thinks things are, Rachel Platten will come on and tell us revealed that Rachel Platten is in her living room. Um, yeah, I think I think the familiarity of the song is kind of crucial. There were other songs they could they probably could have used Roar, um, yeah. but you know the the lyrics were just so perfect for this that it you know. And you, we talked about the heighten, heightening earlier. This sketch doesn't exactly follow like your traditional like rule of threes with the heightening. It just it heightens a lot and repeatedly. Um, and I think that is like a great thing about this sketch is that it doesn't like rigidly follow that structure. Do we get too tied to structure sometimes when we're approaching writing? I'm especially interested in hearing your opinion, Emilita, as a musical comedian in that like, you know, Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus is like mm -hmm. such a standard song structure and how much you feel tied to that as a strong, as a, as a comedic songwriter. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think structure is very helpful. I think, you know, I think that to be able to leave structure behind, you have to really have used it for a very long time expertly. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I understand what you're saying that this doesn't quite have the like beat, 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 um, set up, and, set up, payoff. Kind yeah, of thing. and then like the like the kind of short like sketch structure that we know of. But I think that they take that and expand it in a very kind of logical way. And so I think uh, that's that's the kind of thing that I vibe with. I don't do very well with kind of just free flowing, no structure. Let's just see what happens, kind of stuff. So I like that they're based. They kind of base it in something we all know we're comfortable with the expectations are set. And I usually do the same thing when I'm writing songs. Like it makes it much, much easier if I'm like, and now the chorus comes back in rather than being like, I don't know what should happen next. Like maybe this is a double verse. Who cares? Makes me think of that great scene. I don't know if you were a 30 rock watcher, yeah. um, but this great scene when Liz is dating Chris and Chris is trying to sing her the song on Valentine's Day. And she's just like, <laughs> and the chorus goes here. <laughs> yeah, this is where the chorus goes. Um, I feel like you did something like that too, Emily, in your work where you were like, I had a bridge here, but I don't have it, and I'm going to do it later. I don't know exactly. <laughs> I don't know anything true. about music. But it's like the that. notebook thing title of the song. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just realized, I realized, I remembered, I have a question for you guys, men, you men. Okay. Uh, going back a bit, how how did I'm this sketch make so you feel? Good. Like, how did you feel mm. at the end of watching this sketch? Yeah. I mean, I sorry, Julian, go. For I first of all, I, I loved the first half of it. I thought it was like, you know, empowering women and stuff like that. And then just keeping that joke going. Cause like it's it's a list sketch. They can they can just completely, you know, just list off a bunch of things that are that that, that would empower women. Like, you know, like if a guy like whistle, whistles at a woman or like cat calls someone and she's like, you know what, fuck you. And then just like, I wanna see you be brave. And and then just walk away. Yeah, but like so like I thought that's what they were going for. And then they didn't. So, like, I was kind of con confused. Do mm -hmm. you feel empowered after you watch something like this? Or mm -hmm. do you think it's only for women to feel empowered? No, I totally feel empowered. 
I'm I'm black and Mexican. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's like, yeah. why I'm asking. The minority, yeah. Don't yeah. 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 Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, uh, no, it the, just looks like a human. The person. others speaking their mind um, is super empowering, and so that's what I, I, I guess that's what I kind of latched onto. But also, I'm a fucking man, <laughs> so I, I obviously don't understand like the, like the real women's perspective. Uh, so when, like, when you said like, yeah, it's just about women being real and stuff like that. And, 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 and I, I, I do, I did, I did get that, but I thought it was like, real in a certain way. I just, I know that it makes me, it makes me often wonder about like the things that I say when I'm talking to women that maybe makes them feel pressured or makes them not feel like they can be honest, whatever I can do to take that pressure off and not be a part of the patriarchy. But for me, it's just that Kate McKinnon thing in the bathroom. Like that just, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was my life. No, I actually gave myself <laughs> ulcers at a previous job because I would not poop in the bathroom. Oh my God. And people kept going in and out. I was like, please leave. It hurts. Oh it hurts. God, please don't make that I noise. I'll tell you what, I, I, I definitely will not leave the stall unless I know the bathroom's empty. <laughs> Because I'm always afraid that someone's going to go, ha, ha, you're pooping. You know I how mean, people might. do. Sometimes <laughs> well, I do sometimes giggle when I'm in the bathroom and someone else does it. So I'm like, it should be coming back to me. Yeah. It's just funny. I know. I'll, 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 say, I'll say this this song, I, I think kind of because of the song, I felt empowered after watching it. Like, I don't know, empowered to do what? I don't know. But it was like, I want to see you be brave. It's like, yeah, I want to go be brave. <laughs> or I'll just go home and play video games. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Three-something uh, white men probably shouldn't be empowered anymore than they need to be. I'm a 20-something white man, so I can be empowered however I'd like. Uh, like the first thing I'm imagining is like, we're going to walk out. Like, I'm going to do what I want, homeless person. Do you have any change? I do, but I don't feel like giving any to you. Dance. <laughs> da, da, da. That is a right that you have. And now, an audience question. When is the right time to break or combine forms? Respond to us on social media using the hashtag SketchNerds. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. Introducing our second sketch today, it's Sean. So I brought a sketch from All That, which was uh, a kid's sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon. Uh, mostly ran in the 90s, a little bit in the noughties, but um, uh, it's I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That is what I I'm call sorry. the noughts or the new millennium. I think I, you call it the 2000s. No, what people call I've, it. There's no, several appropriate. The, the 2000s, the new millennium, the aughts, and the noughties. I call them the noughties. Let's the take naughty. a break for a second and examine. <laughs> let's get through the sketch. Yeah, let's let's. Term. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it was a kid's version of SNL. It had a lot of rising talent. Um, Keenan and Kel. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, actually, a lot of people don't realize, was in one of the more recent uh, ensembles. Um, oh, shit. Right. The sketch that I brought is one of the most popular running uh, gags, running characters, uh, Good Burger and Ed. Good Burger is your typical fast food restaurant. Ed, your typical, maybe atypical uh, cashier. Dim-witted. Um, but enthusiastic, and um, and so Ed, and so the the sketch basically revolves around Ed, who's a cashier at Good Burger, and throughout the sketch, she's either botching people's orders or sticking to a very specific script because he just doesn't have a lot of understanding of what his job's supposed to be, or a ton of wordplay. So he'll always just go, you know, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Ha <laughs> ha. 
And then everything was always, okay, that'll be eight bucks. And when you challenge, it was like, okay, sorry, two fifty. Um, <laughs> someone complains about the burger uh, being ordered rare, but it come back well done. It's like, this burger's well done. Well, thank you. Um, other recurring characters from all that often appear in Good Burger. So one of the ones that appears in the sketch I brought is Connie Muldoon, who's just everywhere. And she always just walks up to people, says, hi, I'm Connie Muldoon. And it's just something about her family always wants whatever it is that she specifically wants. And hilarity ensues. Sometimes it's very cheap kid humor. The sketch that I brought revolves heavily around the fact that Ed really needs to pee. Um, and sometimes it's just good wordplay or just good visual gags. I would say visual gags in this sketch. Mm -hmm. Here's a clip. Somebody call a plumber? Yes! Yes! Oh, oh, hey, dude! Oh, oh. Okay, go, go, go fix the bathroom, okay, Barry? No, no, Perry. Huh? No, see, you call me Barry, yeah. and my name is Perry. Okay. That starts with a P. I'm okay. Barry the plumber. That's okay. two P's. Get it? Yeah. P. P. Got it. Got it. P. P. Oh, look. A puncher. Oh, that's after the P, too. No! Okay, let's talk about cheap kid humor. <laughs> Very naughty. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, yeah, okay. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a strong way to start. <laughs> no, um, this sketch, like, uh, I grew up on, like, obviously, I think most of us grew up on all that, and, and um, I had no idea what SNL was. I just knew all that. And so, like, to see, like, these kind of characters was uh, funny to me, especially when they're, like, you know, more than one black person on there, more than one black women on there, you know? Like, it, 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 was, it, was, it was cool. What uh, gets me about this sketch is that immediately, like, the um, he's, like, chugging orange soda. I assume it's orange soda. Uh, I think Kid and Kel didn't exist yet, but like we can imagine it's orange soda. I, 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 yeah, it's imagined orange soda. <laughs> Kel like, yeah, does yeah. love orange soda. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, like how do you establish a character? That this sketch takes the time to establish this character, so we know exactly. Like even it's it's a uh, recurring character, but like each time you know exactly who this character is. It can be watched like on its own, and you know exactly who that character is. So it's it's kind of cool, to, like. How do you like write that character? Of what this, uh, that's what I. A child stoner. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not even a child stoner. It's just, but like, yeah, but like he's it's like, like a childlike uh, doofiness and innocence. Like yeah, it's no. set up in the beginning. Of the sketch. He finishes the drink. He's like, I am the king of liquids. Like, who yeah. says that? That already well, kind like, of sets up that there's I something quite off. Yeah. I don't know Kel as any other character besides Kel, and then the good repair man, 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 uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that probably a lot of he it is kind of typecasted, like, like, but like. Keenan broke out of it. Did he? So like, well, I guess he did. Actually, I, I watched. You're right, he didn't. Kel never quite broke out of it. Um, Keenan never quite broke out of it either. But also, I mean, Kel had a range of characters and Kel had a shot. I think it was Keenan and Kel were head to head auditioning for, for SNL. SNL. Yeah, one yeah. went on to, to stardom. The other one went on, went on to Clifford the Big Red Dog voice work. And oh, to look it a late night dance program yeah. called I mean, Dance 360. Clifford the Big Red Dog is Damn, still you classic. you guys are super up on some Kel shit. Oh, I know my Kel shit. <laughs> once, well, once in a while, you're like, what happened to him? You look it up and you're like, that's where he is. I think it was like I was on a vacation. That was the only thing playing on the hotel TV when I turned it on. I'm like, I think I know that voice. And I was right. <laughs> Google. So in this sketch, they use the word <laughs> tinkle repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Now, I found this to be kind of like infantilizing and like it just, it seemed very odd, especially when he's talking to the very young girl played by Amanda Bynes about needing to tinkle. I, I found it a little 
off-putting. Do you think they couldn't say P on Nickelodeon at the time? Like I suspect that. Because notice that they never actually refer to P as P. Every single time P is mentioned, it's in reference to the fact that it's Perry the plumber, there's a plunger, or um, the fact that Josh Server plays the old man, another recurring character, who just keeps going, pay, 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 pickles, not nickels. So it's never actually referred to as like pee urine. So I suspect that might have been something that Nickelodeon censors were squeamish about. I and that was their way of like shit. flipping him off and kind of being like, we're going to get around it. I, th- I thought that maybe it had to do with just the, like, they didn't want to overuse pee. Mm-hmm. Because then when it came in the first time, I was like, oh, nice. Where like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if he had said it a couple times. As soon as I heard Perry the plumber, I probably would have been like, oh, I get it. You know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> just a theory. I, I also, also think it's the, the challenge of just writing a SNL version for kids. So like, I, like, like what jokes do you do? Like, 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 like all that did some pretty crazy jokes. They did impressions of like, uh, they had like Ross Perot, uh, which I loved. Amanda <laughs> Bynes is Ross Perot. But the uh, fact that also, yeah, well, it, that, I think that was Katrina was um, Ross Perot for, for Ear Boy and oh. Pizza Face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but the fact that's like, why is Ross Perot there ever? Or um, Super Dude, who's, he's lactose intolerant and that's his weakness. And then whenever someone's like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean he can't have toast? And then Katrina walks out of nowhere and is like, no, and gives a full explanation of what lactose yeah. intolerance is. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just like like it's just all of that trying to push like, because um, Sesame Street they do sketches a lot and uh, it's, it's it's adults writing stuff for children but like all that was trying to push the envelope a little bit and like do stuff for young adults and um, yeah, that's what is really cool about the show. Going back to Andy's question, using the, <laughs> using the word tinkle. It's just more fun than using the word pee. If you're like, well, I have to pee, I have to pee, I have to pee, yeah. I have to, then it's just a pee joke. If you're using tinkle, then it's like <laughs> playful. End of story. It's, uh, it's so funny because I found it so off-putting. I was like, wow, this is like immediately has made me like not enjoy this. Him <laughs> repeatedly saying tinkle over and over. And that's probably just like other words for personal preference. Like podcast today. <laughs> but it just, it just, it just hit my ear funny. I mean, it would be, f- if I think if they got more creative with like, I don't know, different yeah, words, maybe it would yeah. be better. That makes sense. So, and this sketch as a whole, I feel like is a, it's a, like a premise driven sketch. It's, I mean, obviously we have the character of Kel. But it's a it, the idea is mostly behind the fact that he really needs to pee. It really could have been anyone who really needed to pee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just they have this set up already. But all of the action is driven by like out there wacky characters. You have Connie Muldoon, Perry the Plumber, the old man with the nickels on his. <laughs> I really that was my favorite part when he said there are nickels on my burger. Um, I re- just love that image. Um, <laughs> Which also the fun of that where it's like, how is this going to make sense? And you're like, I don't understand why nickels would be on the burger. And all of a sudden, like well, it comes out. And it's like right. a delayed laugh of odd thing, and then because yeah. SNL does this all the time too, where they do a character dump, where it's just like a bunch of like. Like all the actors have these great characters, we need to put them all in one fucking sketch because, like, I'm tired of writing at fucking 3 a.m. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, like, to me, that's what it was. It was it's just a like playground. a character dump. Yeah. 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 Just like, yeah, just like, just like a shared environment. Right. For a minor yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Amalita, can you talk to us about the, um, the physical comedy in this? Like, I just feel like it, it, the one that stood out to me the most even though she may have been the least physical in the sketch, is Lori Beth Denberg, just yeah. the way she carries herself in the sketch. Yeah. Um, 
can you talk about physical comedy in this sketch and then in general, and maybe also how you use physical comedy in your act? Oh my God. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love Lori Beth in this. She always used to be my favorite on all that. Yeah. Um, She's her- great in workaholics too, ever so briefly. Oh my God. I didn't yeah. know she was in that. They yeah. smoke pot with her in a hot tub at the end of one episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But sorry, you know, go on. She's wonderful. Um, I think she she does, a, like, in this sketch, she does a great job of kind of introducing the idea that this is going to be a line of characters coming in. Because when mm-hmm. it's first Amanda Bynes, you're like, okay, this is kind of a good burger sketch. There's going to be people, you know, just asking about burgers. And she's like, she's the first one to kind of sweep in and just take the um, sketch in a new direction, which I like a lot. And she kind of expanded the visual of the scene as well because like Mm -hmm. at first you're just looking at the counter and then that her entrance gives you a little bit more of a sense that like oh there's a whole restaurant here and we're probably going to be using that a little bit and then you get to see the physicality of him in different places trying to not tinkle sorry Andy Um, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) um, like it just yeah she the pouring of the liquids which is so well done like comedically timed um and just kind of pouring a little bit and then the rest of it and just kind of walking away with such uh vigor and being like well i've completed that task (laughs) (laughs) um i think really kind of pulled the sketch along in a really great direction then you get to see like uh ed's weird like walk from the plumber to the old man um, and like I, the sort of, inex- yeah, the skip that he kind of does over the yeah. old man is great. Yeah. And then the inexplicable just falling to the floor yeah. <laughs> with the old man, <laughs> um, which I really don't understand, but I love. And then of course, you know, what sketch doesn't end well when you end it with running through a window, right? Yeah. Like, that, 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 we, we always talk about that. It was like, how do you end his sketch? And some, <laughs> like for the most part, it's either the character leaves or just jumps, jumps out, out the window. window. Another way to leave. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I am intrigued to hear how you work, since you do this pop star act, and so much of that is is performative, how you work physical humor into what you're doing. A lot of it is actually based on my costume, actually. Okay. Um, do you have multiple costumes or like one standard costume? I kind of am working my way through costumes until I like feel like there's one that I'm sticking with. Like the one I wore most recently, I was like, I think this is good. I think it like got me in a physical space that I liked. And like, I don't know if you guys identify with this, but you know, when you put on certain clothes, you're like, Ooh, this makes me feel whatever, like, or very stiff or something. And so, um, I actually don't do a lot of movement when I practice, which is probably a bad idea, but when I'm on stage and in costume, there's kind of this like, there's first of all the feeling of look at all this stage space that I have just for me, I should probably use it. And also like, it kind of pushes me into the character more. And then the movements kind of just come from the character and the interaction that I'm having with the audience at that point. I'm actually looking right now to start actually choreographing some stuff, Mm -hmm. which I'm nervous about, but movement I feel like is so important of course yeah, it, um, what, like yeah it's, it's definitely like what what what's cool about what you do and what also this sketch does is like it takes advantage of the space where like like th- this is pretty much like a shopkeeper sketch where like you know the shopkeeper's weird characters are either weird or they um they're they're straight men but like you said like like Lori De- Lori Beth Denberg just just completely takes advantage of like, the entire space and th- and that's that's really cool what you what, what you do as well Thanks. Quick question for you. This might be too personal. For me? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, so last time I saw you, you were in a leotard. Yeah. And we're talking about movement. Yeah. What about pubes and labes? <laughs> Are you afraid of moving too much and having too much action? I up? love that phrase, pubes and labes. Pubes and labes. <laughs> it's, a cl- it's a constant concern for me. I'm wearing boxers right now. <laughs> um, I recently discovered that there are tights specifically for this type of performance. Mm-hmm. So in that, I was wearing underwear full body tights. Mm. Like those tights went all the way up to like, they. I'm motioning it on my body. I know you can't see me. <laughs> but like they didn't end at tights because then I would have had like a horrible indent on my yeah, waist. Yeah, that line. Yeah, they, um, they had like straps. So they were basically like overalls mm. except they cut right below my boobs. That's- so... Like that really kept everything in, and that was like really essential for feeling like comfortable. A, like a leggings material. Like, could you go full bush in something like that, or do you still um, perhaps edges? not? But <laughs> okay, cool. I just checking. I you need know, to look into it for myself. Sketch nerds. <laughs> <laughs> it depends how bush comfortable nerds. you are, and it also depends how much you're gonna like. I loving pop stars and like wearing a leotard on stage, I was like, I am Britney Spears, so I need to be doing stage dancing and putting my leg up on shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you weren't doing that, you probably could get away with like more bush. Great. I guess I have a question too. Like which matters more for you, the the look of of the costume or the functionality like of it? So if you had something that looked absolutely perfect, but it limited your motion a little bit, would you Mm. still do it? Or would you want something that will absolutely allow you to do all the motion you want, even if it's not maybe the perfect look you have. Where's the trade-off for you? That's a good question. I guess, well, I think the, the I have a hard time feeling like I look good in something that I don't feel good in, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I don't know that I've really kind of been in that situation because I don't think I would look at myself and be like, wow, I look great, but damn it, I cannot move at all. Because then I would probably feel like something was too tight or just mm-hmm. like looked weird. Or you'd be thinking about it, like not slip, like, you know, not having the shoulder slip or like not being able to move in a certain direction. So you're like less able to focus on the audience, yeah. I would imagine. Actually, that actually, that reminds me like this, the performance I did before the one you guys saw me at, I was wearing something that like the shoulder straps just would not fucking stay up. And I definitely, that was really distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wore it anyway and I liked it. So I guess the answer is look is more important. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and let's let's come back to the sketch and more generally all that for a second, because I think all that is probably very influential for comedians in their 20s and 30s now. Can I think like if we could all just go around and maybe like say a sentence or two, keep it tight about like what all that <laughs> or how all that influenced you or that sort of thing, if it did at all even. Um, Sean, why don't you go first? I say it was my introduction to just – Zany characters and wanting to act out and, and have fun. Short. Layla? I would say the same. It was I didn't really understand what I was watching, but I saw a lot of people having fun and I wanted to do that too. That's a good point. Julian? Yeah, I I, I totally agree as well. Like I I I really didn't even get into comedy until I was like twenty eight or something like that. Uh, and uh, so when I when I think back to like all the sketches that I watched and all that, I was like I think like back now I'm like, oh man, yeah, that that's really funny. Even Chappelle show, like, oh man, that was really funny. But like, uh, I see it now for what it is. But um, I, back then, I just didn't appreciate it. Yeah, I know. For me, it was it was the first time I saw something and thought like, I, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be like doing that kind of comedy and that kind of thing. And I, 
yeah, it was really, really formative for me. Yeah. Emilita? I think kind of similarly to Layla, like I didn't really know what I was watching, but I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think it mentally primed me for falling in love with SNL as much as I did. All right, it's time for the end of the show. Emilita, as the guest, can you come up with a rating system for how we rate these sketches today? Yeah, I feel like the the only one that's really available is um, like one to five, one being the least good. <laughs> oh, five being the best. Uh, good Burgers. Mm. Oh, okay, Tasty, sure. Delight. All right, well, let's... Uh, Oh, Let's, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to mend it. But the way you have to present it is like, if you're giving something five good burgers, you have to say like, good, 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 good burger. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I like yeah. that. Well, let's start with, let's start with <laughs> say what you want to say. And um, uh, why don't let's, let, why don't you go first? How, uh, how many good burgers would you give say what you want to say? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that a good, 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 good burger. That's five, baby. That's, <laughs> That's five, five good burgers. <laughs> I mean, we were all counting on our fingers here. Yeah, we uh, I'm also counting on my yeah, fingers. <laughs> we're adults. It's fine. Sean, what about Tinkle. you? Yeah, I'm going to give it a good, 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 good burger. That's okay. four. Four good burgers. Layla? I'm going to give it a feel good, 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 good burger. Cool. I don't know how many that was, right. but it was feel good. Is oh, well, feel good. Yeah, nice. I like that. I feel, I feel like, good, I feel like good, that's good like the most important part is the feel good part. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it how many animals it took to make a good burger. <laughs> Keeping it real, Julian. Yeah, it's uh, probably, I'm um, going say like it took five good, 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 good cows to make a, a good burger. Put down their lives. They for, helped. For that sketch. They helped other cows in their lives. Yeah. Uh, Wait, was that five? Because you said four goods and then you said good burger. <laughs> that That's another thing is like the good burger part. Like, so like, do I have good, 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 good burger. Is that, is that five? I don't know. Yes. I think that's four. You're you like if, it's, if it's one, if you're if, if your rating's one, is it a good good burger or is it a good burger? It's, it's a just good a good burger. burger. Well, the name of the burger is good. How so many like, Mondo burgers would you give it? Which is the evil burger in the Good Burger movie. What does it look like? <laughs> yeah. It basically is a regular good burger, but it has some kind of a one drop of a chemical that causes it to swell to like the size of like the, this dish in front of me. It's about uh, six by nine. Can't see your dish, Sean. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Tupperware that's sizable next to five, me. of cookies that I brought. Five by nine. All right. Well, I would give this one a good, 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 good burger. Did I do That's six? Five. Yeah, you exactly. Five. You don't. You, you, you don't five. even know. Five. All right. There we go. Yes, I thought this sketch was wonderful. Um, and now on to good burger. Um, <laughs> Emily, so how many how many good burgers would you give? Good, good burger. burger. <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, I'm gonna give good burger. Um, good, 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 good burger. <laughs> All right, four, Julian. No, you can't. Like, wait, is it four or is it five? Okay. That was four. That was okay, four. it was four. It was so four, I four. guess the rating system is actually burgers. You know, no, no, so like each we, burger. We, we, no, 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 no. We're already knee deep. You can't turn back now. No, you don't. You don't cross. You don't change horses midstream. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't cross. Okay, so I would. I would kill four good cows. That's a lot of fun. For this, for one good burger. And that's <laughs> good burger is one, not two. Okay. I'm gonna Layla? need a whiteboard for this, Julie. <laughs> I I like this sketch because I it reminds me it's nostalgic, but in terms of sketch, like I don't get high watching it. Just like, yeah, I'm ready for this to be over. So I'm gonna give it maybe for nostalgia two goods. A good good burger. 
Sorry, Sean. I, I am similarly going to give it a good, good burger. I did not um, – I liked the old man character <laughs> and the nickels. But that was – and Connie Muldoon. But that was pretty much it for me. I, I didn't I, – the tinkle thing really – I don't know why it put me off so much. But tinkle, 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 it really, really did. It's fair. I had a hard time finding like – I know there's a lot more out there, but only a couple of them would appear on, sure. on YouTube. I'm going to rate it. I'm going to give it the full five. I'm going to be like, you know, it's the full good meal. It's the good burger. It's the good shake. It's the good fries. And it's covered in nickels. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest, Emilita, for being on today's show. Thank you so much for having me. Where can uh, our listeners find you online? So all of my social media is at the same handle, which is Emilita, but you just put four A's at the beginning. So it's A-A-A-A-M-E-L-I-T-A. And I'm realizing that maybe this is like a thing for me. <laughs> like putting a, <laughs> repeating hey, Emilita. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so 4A's M-E-L-I-T-A, that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, all the good stuff. Awesome. Listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We'd love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Emilita, Julian Morgan, Layla Dreesey, and Sean Robinson, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine. DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com. 